Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hello, old time crime gal fans. This is Melissa here with my friend Shannon. Sorry, hello. hello. I was trying to swat a mosquito. Oh, yes. I should have thought about that before I opened the door. Oh, that's true. But you thought you meant we live. What's happening here is we're getting some remnants from a hurricane. Yeah, about to be a tropical storm. And so we got the door open. I told her we need to walk and do our podcast while we're walking. Yeah, you might hear me heavy breathing in the background. But you might want to hear us and hear the story, so I guess we shouldn't do that. Yeah, but I do have my door open because it does feel great because I'm sorry that the storm is happening in places that impacts, you know, destruction and all that, but it's bringing us some nice, breezy, cool weather right now. That's right. So, welcome back, everyone. Yep. So, now we're going to go back old school again, and we're going to talk about London in the Victorian era. Always fascinated by that time of course i like the 20s too with the speakeasy i like the roaring 20s the, i always wanted to have a theme yeah. party yeah. great gatsby I think 20s. but um so london in the victoria area is you had like it wasn't as fashionable and as great as like everyone said i mean it was really bad with True. the with the um you know underprivileged and like overcrowded and um, lower class and it wasn't sanitary yeah. and then you had your high class who was and there was really no in between and there was a lot of room for bad things to happen to go unnoticed. Um, so, yeah. Oh, sounds, well, sounds familiar. Sounds yes, like, well, I guess that's always been happen. the case. Well, <laughs> at least in America and some other well, places not. But, but, yeah, so it wasn't necessarily the ideal place where, you know, it was easy for crime to happen and. Kind of think of dark, dark. Times. Yeah, the dark. Going to the um, well, not technically the dark ages, but before that, but um, just not not such a great great time. So we're gonna talk about Harriet Buswell. 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 Um, she was twenty seven. She was a mom of one. She had an eight year old daughter. Do not know the name. Okay. And at the end, I do not know what happened to her. Okay. It even said to the daughter or to, to the daughter. Okay. To the daughter. We know what happened. Harriet is what we're talking about. Okay. That's who we're talking about. I didn't know if this was a disappearance. Uh, well, true. So, you, but she, we don't know what happened <laughs> to the daughter. So Harriet was remembered for having like lots of friends. She was very talkative. She's very outgoing. She was very attentive to the people she was talking to. Um, so they remembered her. She had an eight-year-old daughter. Um, you know, she was part of that lower class. So she was a lady of the night in okay. that era. That's how she made ends meet and put food on the table and kept a roof over her head because she was a single mom. That's what she had to do. And so, we're actually going back to Christmas Eve in 1872. So, on Christmas Eve, she goes out to the Elambra Theater to work. And she's going to try to earn some extra money to catch up on some bills. So, she owed her doctor some money. She needed some things for her kid, which is, um, kids always need things. They always need money. Where was the um, child? Do we know? I do not know. <laughs> do not know. Uh, was not in the story. So, on that night, she was actually seen having dinner with an unidentified man. And then, on their way home, they stopped by, like, a grocer area. And they bought some oranges, apples, and nuts, and some stuff like that. So, they had an interaction with the um, the grocer there. And then, they did arrive back to her residence, which was um, a boarding house. So, she had a room in a boarding house. And it was on Kerm Street. And so, the landlady let them in. And then, 
Harriet had a drink with her and chit-chatted for a while while the man went upstairs to her room, I guess. Um, and then she joined him up there. Where hopefully the daughter wasn't. Right. Don't know where the daughter was. Um, <laughs> so the next day, Harriet wasn't seen coming out of her room. And the landlady thought that was rather odd because, you know, it's just a room and a, and a house. And usually yeah. you're up and about and you're moving around. Again, with the daughter, we don't know where the yeah. daughter was at. So she thought that was weird. So she went to check on her. So the door was locked and she knocks and she can't get an answer, um, which is weird. And so it disturbed her. And so she had someone break down the door, as you should, if you can't get in and know someone should be inside. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So we'll find out what she happened to find. Hey, life happens. (laughs) We're back. Yeah, if you heard anything at the end of, of that last segment, it was real life. I got in trouble for having my door open with the nice weather coming yes, in. Yes, that's right. We were enjoying that. And so mm-hmm. we got caught out on it and had to shut it. But that's okay. <laughs> so we're back. Bye-bye. My son. Sweet young man. Yes. He knows so, the storm's coming, so I think he wants the door to <laughs> <laughs> So we were talking about the landlady who couldn't get in the door. Right, they knocked her down. Yeah, she, she had someone break down the door and... Yeah. We kind of know what she found because, hello, we're a true crime podcast. So, Harriet was actually laid in bed. Um, her throat had been slashed in two oh, different places. So, her sheets were red. They were stained with blood. And there was a thumbprint on her forehead. Okay. And so, it was reported that she looked peaceful and her nightgown was not disturbed. Um, but they found that the door was locked from the outside with a key. So, whoever locked the door took the key because they couldn't find the key. And so it was also noted that there was no blood anywhere else in the room or the door. So he had to clean up. So obviously it was this unidentified man. And sometimes in those boarding houses, I think back in the day, the bathroom wasn't always in the room. They didn't have a bathroom in the room because they had to go down the hall. Well, they, they may have had like wash. a wash base yeah. basin. Um, so witnesses, because it's a boarding house, you have lots of people in and out in different rooms. There's a lot of people that heard the man leave around 6.30 that morning. Okay. And then they did find some physical physical evidence. Um, there was a bloody towel next to the wash basin. Okay. So, obviously, washed hands, weapons, himself, something. And then um, that suggests that some cleanup was done. And except then, the fingerprint left on her forehead. Except the fingerprint left on her forehead. Not too smart. Um, but, again, we're in 1872. They're not, they're, no one's going to be able to trace that fingerprint. I don't think because yeah. then it would be just visual and then it would like take forever to anyway. Yeah. And then so the apple, remember they went and bought apples, oranges and nuts. There was an apple on the nightstand that had one bite taken out of it. Oh, wow. And, no DNA back then. Yeah, no DNA. But so when they did her autopsy, I'm surprised that actually they have record of it. So there's no apple in her stomach. Okay. So the killer did bite the apple. Oh, wow. But... I mean, he didn't have to worry about genius forensic dentists who could analyze bite marks and, sure. like, go through dental records. So, no one's going to find out who bit that apple. So, like, I guess he got hungry before he left. <laughs> but some jewelry, her purse, and, like, pawn tickets were missing. So, robbery could have been the motive, I guess. Even though she was not upper class, I guess she may have had some things that he knew about. You know, he did have dinner with her. They did go buy the groceries. Maybe he found out she had some extra cash. Or something, and then robbery was a motive. True. So, police spoke with everyone who had seen the man, because there were lots of people who saw him, they just didn't know who he was, but they said that he was a foreigner, and he was possibly German. But even though a lot of people saw him, they were unable to track the man down. 
So, like, they spoke to all her contacts. No one knew who this person was. They offered an award. You know, there's no leads that came up. They would even get letters from other areas out of jurisdiction and out of, like, the country who were talking about foreigners who might be suspect because it was all over the media at the time. It was in, like, the newspapers. They were trying to find out who killed Harriet. But in January of 1873, they did make an arrest. Oh, wow. It doesn't say how the lead came about, but so... The arrest was made based on some eyewitness accounts of the grocer who sold them the apples and the oranges and the nuts and the waiter who waited on them at the theater. Okay. And so they tracked down this man and he was identified as Dr. Henry James Bernard Hessel. Wow. Who was a minister. A long name. Yes. He was a minister who was in the middle of traveling with some Germans to South America. So, several witnesses identified him. So, his defense for the night in question, so he was in the area. The ship had docked and he had been in the area. So, his defense was he was sick in bed the night that she was murdered. And because his boots stayed outside his door all evening, there were several people who could place him there. Okay. So, I guess he was like, my boots are outside my door. I'm in here sleeping. But really, how, like, did anybody see him in his room? Right. I thought you were going to say somebody took his boots and used them and brought them back. I mean, well, it said that his boots were outside his door all evening. And there were several people that could place him there. He was in bed sick. So, obviously, he has an alibi. Okay. So, police didn't believe that. They thought they had the right man because witnesses put him there. Like, I, I accounts. Now, we know even eyewitness accounts are sometimes not credible because your, bl- your brain plays tricks on you. Yes. And you can imprint different things that didn't happen based on, like, anyway. But back then, it was like, you saw somebody do it. They did it. Right. But the public did not believe that he was the right person. Because he was a minister. He was soft-spoken. He couldn't be capable of such an act. We've now seen. we know better. That's right. Um, then they should have known better. <laughs> Even despite his housekeeper claiming that days after he arrived home from London, after the murder, Dr. Hessel's wife gave her several blood-soaked handkerchiefs of his to wash. Oh, really? Yes. That wasn't smart. Why didn't he just throw those in the river as he was... So know? the day he returned home... He also requested a clothes brush and turpentine. Okay. And his defense was he spilled paint on his wife's dress. Yeah. No, I'm not buying any of it. The, well, Nobody the should soaked, buy any of that. Right, the blood-soaked handkerchiefs, which he should have gotten rid of if he wanted to not have any trace of anything. The, but again, criminals could be stupid in 1800s and well, then get true. away with it because that's there was true. no way to trace it back. That's true. Now you can't, you can't do anything now. No. <laughs> but... but still think they can. Yes, and that's what gives us stories to talk yes, about. That's true. I mean, it blows my mind. I'm thinking, How stupid age. can you be? You use a debit card. You, yeah, you're going to get caught. Everywhere. You touch phones. something, you're going to yes. get caught. Yes. Ah, yes, phones. Anyway, craziness. So, overall, the magistrate freed the doctor because of character witnesses and the public belief that it was the wrong man. Because it was just a court of emotion, which yeah. happens in the same time, too. Yes. So. But then it was found out, decades later, it was discovered that the reason he was on the ship traveling to South America and he was a chaplain of a ship instead of a congregation was because at his church, the congregation kicked him out due to his alcohol abuse and gambling debts. Ah, okay. Not a pretty... I mean, that doesn't technically make you a murderer, but he ain't the best person in the world. Right, right. 
that casts a little bit more doubt on your my oh, I'm wow. in my um room because my boots are outside my door. Yes. Because if he needed money for his gambling debt right, or his alcohol, alcohol habit. Yeah, that's true. Yes. So we do not know what became of her eight year old daughter. Her body was claimed by her brother. She's buried in an unknown location. So this is one of those unsolved mysteries of the time. So, but the step by step. So this man is the one who, even though the public didn't think it was him because of his vocation, yeah, he's the one who ultimately had all of the evidence stack up against him: the handkerchiefs, the brush with the turpentine, yep, and then the fact that he couldn't be with the congregation; he had to be on a ship. So, and ultimately freed. So I don't know what happened he was to him either. Identified by two different people: the waiter and the grocer. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so Doctor, yep, Doctor Henry James Bernard Hessel. That is a name right there. Yep. <laughs> so poor Harriet. So that was London and the Victoria era, and there's many different stories that come out of this area. Um, of course, not much information. This was a short one because, I mean, back then they didn't. Right. They didn't don't have. Much. I was going to. I'm going to take a second look at when fingerprinting, just because of watching. Is it okay? Yeah. Okay. okay. Google um, away. Yeah. If, We're um, Googling. Just watching, like, of course, fiction shows sometimes. Sometimes they'll go back in time and they'll get a match of fingerprints. So it would have been yeah, interesting yeah. if they could have gotten that fingerprint off of her head and then took his, you know. Huh. I don't know. I'm going to see when fingerprints. I don't know. I feel like I should know, but I don't know. But we, we, don't, we don't claim to be experts. <laughs> no, no. By, by far, we are not experts. We are not. That is something we are not. We are just average true crime yep. fans. That's right. So I think this is a fascinating that you're on this journey with us. Old time crime go. Um, so yes, let me just look. I'm looking that up very quickly, guys. <laughs> Thank y'all for hanging in there. And let's see when the 1911. Oh, so they weren't too far off. Okay, well, it says that fingerprints are first accepted by the U.S. courts as reliable. Well, we're in London. Right, so that was in the U.S. So let's see in London. I didn't put London. Are you looking it up too? No, I'm looking up something different. London. All right, I'm looking up London because I'm just curious. So let's see. Um, well, it says in the late 19th century, um, techniques for fingerprint identification and classification were developed, um, and it was first. Accepted in British courts in 1901. So, huh. so very interesting. Let's see. There's a 1892 in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, you said 1982? 1892. Oh, 1892. Mm -hmm. We're in the 1870s. Oh, so we were close. So close, but no. So um, No, I was Googling Dr. Henry James Hessel and I couldn't find anything. So, yeah, so definitely some of the shows I've watched show fingerprint use. Cool. Yep. So I know that one was pretty short, but that's this one. I know um, we've actually had some people reach out to us about going back and doing older things, which are more interesting. Um, I, I like sometimes yeah. I, I, we like them all. It's hard to pick and choose. We don't really like them. Well, you know, whatever. We're not, you know what we're saying. <laughs> You get us. If you're listening to it, you know, you know. Yes. Um, we, I just like to tell all stories. Um, but the older ones sometimes are more interesting and have different detail than the newer ones. But the newer ones, 
people get caught and I like closure. I like when people well, get caught. Because we have the technology yeah. and, and so, and I, I believe that those people in the past have gotten caught too, but we at least. Well, they had it coming. Yes, coming to them. Even on, but as we get to see in the real time, you know, they get caught. So, you know. But I, I do have some away. more stories on tab that I think we can, we can do that are, that are older. Um, of course, there's ones out there all the time, but this was Victoria era London in the 1800s um, with Harriet Buswell. So, short and sweet. We'll be back next week with another one. Maybe longer. Yes. No telling where it's from. I should stop saying next week. Let's just be real with like two weeks. Yes. <laughs> we will be back Sometime next. Sometime soon. That's right. Just wait for the next podcast. And thanks for flying yes. the seat of your pants with us. Subscribe. And when it pops up, have a listen and share it. Yeah. We're two moms. Yes. Life happens, like we say. So, But we yes, appreciate yes. you joining us and just listening at all. And it's just exciting to see the people in different places that listen. Yes, and I love it when people reach out. So email us at oldtimecrimegal yep, at gmail.com. Oh, Lord have mercy. It's been so long <laughs> I've forgotten. Oldtimecrimegals at gmail.com and our Facebook group, which is growing. Yay! People are joining, which is great. Um, hit us up with any episode ideas you want, any... Um, stories you want heard, any ones you have want elaborated. There's some ones out there that we haven't done that are really popular. If you want to hear, just I just love when people reach out. Yes. Um, so in the meantime, you can remember if you do the crime, it's gonna catch up with you in time. And we'll talk about it. Have a great day.